Why is it we only listen to our intuition when it tells us what we want to hear? My name is Jason Furious, and this is my madness method. You have proved that you fight well. Now you can join us. Everything was telling me that this wasn't the right thing to be doing. Going from a good kid, I swear I was. Going from a good kid to now, now I got guns because I'm I'm going to be defending people. Instead of listening to my my gut and and getting away from the people that clearly were making as bad, if not worse, decisions than I was making, I decided to take it a step further and I need to protect these people. Nobody was asking me to do that. N nobody... Well, I was looking at me to do that. And nobody really gave a shit that I was asking me to do that, nor should they have. Chris and I were spending less and less time together, but I felt this obligation to he and some of the other guys that this all began with. You know, these, again, were my friends. Like, oh, we're all, let's link arms and skip through the fields. Let's frolic, everybody. I felt an obligation to them. Like maybe I had led them astray, you know, looking back it, people make their own decisions. Yet I, I felt like I could help them see themselves through the bad ones they were making. I, I don't know. I became really close with a particular person that was part of bears group family, as you will. Her name was Jamie and she and I, you know, even now I look back and I feel like I knew her from way before us actually meeting. Like she and I just click like as though we were family or, or kindred spirits, if you believe in that. Uh, she and Cindy were really good friends, too. I don't I don't want to give any illusion like something goofy was going on there. That's that's not what was happening. But she and I just got each other. She understood me. And we had different conversations than, than the normal people in this game, in this world would have. You know, she was dating a guy named Harry. I fucked with him about his name all the time. I don't know why. Because I'm a child. But anyway, they were a great couple. Um, Harry fancied himself a cook as well. But they did it with this like weird shit in hotel rooms with like charcoal. And it was weird. It was it was weird. Made this like Smurf looking dope. I don't know. I never went down that road. I just know what what it was. Uh, I guess in a pinch, you know, people make do. Jamie was a shooter. She she preferred to take it straight to the vein, and I never did. Uh, I never could. It just was never anything that interested me. And you know, there was always a part of me that was like, oh, is it because my dope's that good? Because you know, I was always told if it if a slammer does your dope and it makes them cough, that means it's good shit. And everywhere I went, people sounded like they had the flu. But she would, like, require me to hang out. Like, I was always on the grind. Always on the grind. 24-7. It felt like I was always just paper chasing, getting the money. And she would make me just sit down and shut the fuck up. There were two requirements before I came over. I always had, and I don't know where the hell this came from. I always had to grab her a Chico stick 
and a squeegee from the gas station. So every time I would head over to her house, I would steal a squeegee from outside by the gas pumps and buy her a Chico stick and swing by her house. And most of the time it was based on, oh, there's some business that needs to get done. But every now and then it'd be like, sit down, shut up, turn off your phone. You ain't going nowhere. And she'd hand me five, six, seven hundred dollars. Like, here, you made your money today. Shut the fuck up. And I mean, that's on the low end, but it, it shut me up. You know, I mean, there's money in my pocket. I'll, I'll hang out. I mean, she just got me, you know, and we grew really close and I kind of shared with her this scenario, why I have the guns, this, 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 uh, this thing that's happening over at Rachel's house with Chris and, and, and it's just very odd. And she shared a story with me that she knew of a girl that, uh, that lived out in the Stockton area that was kind of the black widow type. It was an interesting story. And it, and it played out almost just so. I get a call one night, and Chris is in a bit of a panic. Yo, Jay, they they took Rachel's car. Something's going down. Now, apparently, Chris wasn't there when this happened, but you know he was there shortly thereafter. Rachel's visibly shook, but not in a panic. But either way, supposedly these guys are coming back and it's Quan's guys. And that's what we're presuming. I don't recall having ever heard who I got a description of what they look like a little bit, you know, some big guys, this, that came and took the car or, you know, essentially cutting off dudes hustle. Jay, we got to get armed with something's going to happen. If you can get your hands on any guns. And I'm like, Oh, just so happens. So I get geared up. I get the the little PK9 and and I I head on over. I keep it wrapped in a towel. I mean, here's the thing, man. People like you don't people let people touch your guns. Okay, you don't let people touch your guns, even if they're legal. I mean, it's cool. Yeah, dude. You know, you got guns. That that's all right. You know, I mean, I got I got plenty of friends now as as an adult. I got plenty of friends with some fantastic weapons collections, and they're like, hey, you want to check it out? No, nah, absolutely not. I don't want to do that. Now, if we're at a gun range, and I know it's going to get wiped down when we're done and that whole thing, but when we're just chilling, like, why are we handing guns back and forth in somebody's fucking house? That's like, nah, bro, put your shit away. So I kept a wrap up in a towel, and I get over to the house. He's like, oh, what'd you bring? And I showed him, but I only showed him the parts that I fucking painted on the handle like a weirdo. Because I know that he knows what that was. At least I, I in my head, oh, yeah, I, that's right, I, I brought this. Like, I would so much rather be known as a bullshitter than give somebody any ammunition to throw me under the bus. So, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what you saw. That's what I brought. Now, when I got over to Rachel's house and Chris is there and this dude Mike is there, and and I don't really know this cat. He was there. He was tweaking out with Chris. I'm assuming that this probably came from Danny's group of friends. I'm sure, you know, I mean, he's got it's not just me, right? I'm not the only person in the world. So he was cool. We were sitting around and we were kind of talking like, yo, what's going on? And this guy, Mike, had brought by like a 45 or I think it was a 45. Maybe it was a 40 cal revolver. I I don't really remember. It was a handgun. We're all sitting around. And I mean, this had to been going on for 45 minutes, just getting fucking blown out. Like, I thought something was happening here. Like, you you, you, you rushed me over here. Got to drive from Antica to Stockton, get pieced up, and then get to where you're at. And we're just going to sit around getting high. Like I thought something devastating was going on and, and you know, so I'm just sitting there overthinking shit, but in the meantime, let's get high. 
Chris pipes up. He's like, oh man, we gotta, we gotta chill out. Something's definitely going to happen. You know, the car has gone. Somebody's coming. Yo, this guy, Mike's been here 45 minutes. You tell me why this guy doesn't go, oh man, my girl's in the car. I got to go. Wait, what? Your girl's been in the car this whole fucking time. You just in here 45 minutes. He was in there when I got there. And, and and it's another 45 minutes and your girl's been in the car. He just left it. I didn't see her. Not that I paid attention, but all right, dude, I'll see you. So he, he skates. And then Chris and I are talking and he's kind of pacing, you know, like trying to work it out in his head. What's going on? Cause I'm, I'm going to tell you guys, and I'll stand by this till the day I die. When Chris and I met and probably still to this day is a good dude. He's a good dude. He's just in this point in his life that we're discussing. We we all got away from who we are. And I think in that moment, he was realizing he might have bit off more than he can chew. And and he was doing the best he can in that minute. Now, that's, of course, hindsight. At the time, I'm like, yo, what the fuck is going on? So Chris says, uh, I got to get Rachel out of here. I got to get her somewhere safe. I, I I'm going to go. He, he rounds up Rachel and her shit, and, and he leaves. He leaves me there with my weapon, with this this handgun, this forty five, whatever it was that, that this guy Mike left, and a 12-gauge shotgun sitting on the table. And I didn't even flinch. And this isn't even in my DNA. This isn't even who I am. Like, I sat in that house for two fucking hours with one weapon pointed at the back sliding door, and one weapon pointed towards the front door. I wasn't, I was towards the back of the house in the living room where the kitchen is and, and where I could see all doors. And for two hours, I sat with these guns pointed at doors, fully committed and ready to murder anybody that walked in that house unannounced. I'm not built for that shit, but it would have happened. Because I had convinced myself that that's what you do. These are the fucking rules. But yet this cat Mike can fucking bounce with his girlfriend fucking sitting in the car for God knows how long. Chris can bounce. Two hours he stays gone. Where fuck? Where the fuck was she safe? It was two hours away. And the whole time I'm just sitting there like, yo, what the fuck is going on? I guess I can't really figure it out right now. Nobody came. Maybe a little up beyond the two-hour mark. I get a call. Chris is uh, Chris outside. Yo, let's go. Fuck you mean let's go? You're not going to tell me, hey, you know some information. We should leave. We can leave. Nothing's happening. Nothing. Hey, yo, let's go. Like, it was all good. Like, yo, let's go party. Now, maybe that was him trying to downplay or de-escalate within himself. Like, yo, man, let's get out of here, but... I was hyped. I was ready. I was I was ready, and he wanted to go play. So I was like, nah, man, if you're going, I'm going to go. And I wrapped my shit back up. I left his fuck guns just sitting there. I don't give a fuck about this shit. Here, here's your shit, bro. I wrapped my thing up back in the towel. And I went to a house around the corner. It was walking distance. I didn't think it was a good idea to show up there with my car sitting out front. Like, if this was really going down, the last thing I want is my car sitting there. I mean, of all the scenarios that play out, like, my car gets blocked in, my car gets hit, my car gets shot. The cops fucking show up, and now I I, I can't even get out of here. So I, I had walked. Crazy to think about walking down the street with that. I kept to myself pretty steady for a few days after that. I didn't really go far. I didn't answer too many phone calls. 
You know what I didn't do? I didn't for one second think about what had just happened. I was like mad that I got my time wasted, but not for a second did I sit back and think, bro, if you'd have done that, you know where the fuck you'd be right now? You know where I'd still be right now? I wouldn't be telling any kind of story, good, bad, or indifferent. <laughs> it wouldn't get told. Maybe by the news. And what fucking reason would I give? I was protecting my friends. It was, uh, I don't know, three, four, five days after. And it kind of came out of the darkness. You know, I hunkered down and I get a call. And and naturally, Chris and I still had business going. Like, I was owed some shit. And uh, I can't, I, I think it was, uh, I don't know, man. Wherever they grow all the garlic and, uh, and, and strawberries there in Central California. One of those towns in that area. We needed to get out that way. And, you know, the lure was, oh, well, you know, I mean, I'll get you your shit. Just give us a ride. And I'm like, yeah, fuck it. Why not? So we take a ride. It was a nice drive, you know, uh, just to get away a little bit, a little longer than what I liked. But it was interesting because, you know, you'd figure the kind of shit that we were doing and the kind of level business that we were conducting, we wouldn't be left sitting in a fucking parking lot for, I, I don't even know, maybe half hour, an hour, longer than it fucking should have been. But eventually, you know, somebody calls Chris. All right, we're going to follow dude. We follow over to this house. Pretty standard average area, nothing rich, nothing fancy, just a standard little house. And we, we go into one bedroom where I guess Chris or Rachel, I'm not sure who it was, was given like, here, here's some shit to get loaded on while you wait. I'm fucking more waiting. I ain't built for waiting, I'll tell you what. But we sat in there and we got high. We're having a good time. I, I, I'm in a strange place. I, I got to go. So I'm like, yo, let me, just break me off enough to like go get rolling and the shit I got to do. And we'll catch back up later. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so Rachel kind of sidesteps and Chris hands me a bag. And I'm like, I don't know. What is this? An ounce? A little more? All right, fuck it. I'm going to go. I'm going to go. Oh, yeah, we got a ride. Don't trip. This just ain't sitting with me right. How how you need a ride all the way out here and you got one to go back? How do you know somebody well enough out here that you got a ride back, but we had to wait somewhere for almost an hour for them to come get us? But whatever, man, I'm out. Now, looking at this shit, it, it had like a light green tint to it, which isn't standard. You know, even when you melt good stuff, it, it cracks back or hardens again, it, like a purplish or a bluish, you know, sometimes blue. Ideally purple, maybe pink, even better. Not green. Green wasn't it. But I thought, meh, you know, we'll check it out. I get all the way home, and I would always take a lap. Like, I'd take a long way around back to my place, where I was staying anyway. I would I would take a long way around and drive past, past the houses of people that I knew and just make sure everything was was okay. You know, I had family that lived out, lived out there, friends that lived out there. I was one of the first people to live out there in this housing complex. So, like... I would always keep an eye on my neighborhood. And part of that route was driving past Rachel's house. And as I make the right onto her street, you know, I I have decent enough depth perception to understand how far down the road her house was. And I watched three bodies scurry across the street from what appeared to be her side yard closest to me. You know, it was a little ways down the road. So these bodies jump in a car and off they go. And I'm I kind of just roll right by. Paid no mind to it. I pull up in front of her house and I notice the side gates open. 
I'm like 90% sure I recognize the shapes, the figures, or the, and the car that drove by as Danny's. It may be with this guy, Jerry. I, I, don't, I don't really know, but I was pretty sure. And Anyway, I call Chris. Yo, bro. I think so-and-so, I think Danny and Jerry and maybe somebody else was with them, but they just came out of your side yard, dude. I'm going to check it out. And I go into the side yard, and the, the bedroom window on the side yard was big. Like, you could, when it's open, you could just step in, big window. And it was open. It was left open. And I'm like, yo, bro, this is open. I'm, I'm going to check the house out. And I don't really know if he was even paying attention, but I'm on the phone with this dude. And I go into the house and I check downstairs. I go upstairs and I check some important places. I don't really know if something's missing or not because I haven't been there in a while, but nothing looks disturbed or broken. For all I know, there could be a bunch of dope missing, which is a definite possibility. But while I'm searching the upstairs, the, the doorbell rings or a knock. And I go down, I answered, I got nothing to hide. Like I'm, I, I, I told Chris, yo, tell Rachel, I'm here. I'm checking the house and it's Jerry. He's like, yo, what's up, man? It's not nah, bro. You can't be here. You got to bounce. I'm pretty sure I just saw this dude. Now I didn't say this to him, but I'm pretty sure I just saw this cat walk the fuck out of this side yard. And now they probably saw me as we drove past each other and thought, ah, oh, fuck, we better check. And it was just him. I was like, nah, bro, you got to bounce, dude. Something's up, man. Fuck, I got to figure it out. And I just shut the door and thought nothing else of it. I walked through the rest of the house. Everything seems okay. I call Chris, tell him, hey, man, I don't know, but I know Jerry came to the door. He looked like one of the dudes that, 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 that came out the side yard and drove past. But I'm a lock up. I'm a bounce. Before I did that, though, I got the bright idea. Hey, you know, all of the stuff I need to clean this fucking, see if my gut is right is this fucking junky dope or is this just some new shit that that's going to be super cool so i bust out all the utensils all the chemicals and i start cleaning this fucking dope and nothing comes back it was all formed cut i, I don't really know exactly what cut it was but nothing came back the entire bag i was given was junk it wasn't even a little bit salvageable i left pretty pissed but I was curious if Chris was going to come back and say the same shit about whatever he got. You know, like, I don't want to assume that my boy just did me like that. Interestingly, I don't hear from Chris for like two days. Then one night I get a call, I go over there. And Rachel and Chris start lighting me up saying, I broke in the house. I kicked open the garage door. The whole garage door is is destroyed because it, it was kicked and the whole... I'm like, kicked? What the fuck are you talking about? Like, I walked this whole house. Nothing was damaged. I told you all that. This was the first time in a major way that Chris put a chick between our relationship. And I was, like, heartbroken. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, bro, I talked to you. Are you not telling this bitch everything we talked about? And he sided with her. And I, I was, like, crushed. I couldn't even. I, I was like, are you guys fucking. Are you serious? And I started putting it together. I'm like, y'all motherfuckers gave me junk dope. You gave me no inclination you were heading home with me. You haven't called me in two days, which I would have expected you to have done considering, you know, that whole time I thought they were still stuck out there. I mean, it's not the first time somebody's gone on a run and been gone a few days. I I, I just left that. I was like, uh, I can't believe this is happening. 
you know, it all starts piecing together, you know, like first he was, first Chris was pissed because fucking I came home and got right back on my game. And then he was pissed about the, th- all the stuff with bear. And then, you know, then this thing happens at his house where I'm almost positive Danny and them dudes stole a bunch of dope out the house. And, and yet I got, I'm getting, I'm getting blamed for it. Now, I mean, mind you, victim mentality, right? I'm no fucking victim. I should have made better decisions and not even fucked with these people, but here I am. I'm good enough to stand in your front room and getting ready to blow the heads off fucking people on your behalf while you fucking skate the fuck out. But I'm not good enough for you to hear that your bitch is tripping and know that you and I had a phone call about this shit. I wound up reconvening. A couple days later, Jamie had called me. Hey, where you been? The whole time I said, oh, girl, you got to fucking hear this shit. Well, what I wound up learning that day was uh, Rachel was like a queen of the South, like a like a Black Widow style. Like this was what she was doing. Like you want to know where the fuck Qua went? She dumped his ass and bounced his ass on because he wasn't the he was the face of it. Dude, this was her game. This was her dope. This was her hustle. She was playing with people and like playing the cutesy little innocent little Filipino girl like, oh, I'm so cute. Look at me. And she's this bitch is running the whole shit. It's why the guy that showed up on fucking Sundays, nobody tripped and he didn't trip off us being there because he wasn't there to see Qua or us. He was there because she was there. Just like she bounced Qua on. I think she was getting ready to bounce Chris on. And was leading on Danny and maybe one of those dudes. And I'm I'm pretty sure they came in and took the dope. I, I realize it doesn't make a ton of sense. It doesn't sound logical. But what's logical in the dope game like this? This whole time, the answer was right in front of me. And people knew the answers. You just got to ask the right questions. And I wasn't asking the right questions. And nor was I listening to my gut. Man, this whole time. This chick, I, I don't even know if somebody really come took her car or if this was just part of the game and she was just playing with everybody. Man, what if somebody would have walked in that house and belonged at that house and I'm just sitting there fucking trigger happy, ready to fucking blow somebody's head off because I'm so fucking high. And this was a game to this bitch. You know, I learned from this dude, Charlie, that I've I, I've mentioned him briefly. You know, he was the one I, when I first came home, he took me around and, and we, we, Got everybody high off this dope I just cleaned, and he loved it. He loved it. He was banging her for a good portion of the time that she was with Chris. So she's just like playing pawns as it moves around and getting full entertainment out of it. We lost a friend that day. I miss him. Me and Chris, man, we were good friends. Got to teach you. You should listen to your gut. That concludes this chapter of the madness. If you're finding this podcast entertaining and you're listening along with me, please subscribe, rate, and review us. Be sure to tune in next week and let's see how crazy this gets. I'm Jason Farias, and this is my madness method. Start out Now this, of course, was back when we sort of lacked in. no paper.